It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. Don't forget to check out our email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget all of our other wonderful links in the description on Linktree. This week's episode, The Aerial School UFO. Oh, oh yeah, boy. Dude. This is a good one, guys. Oh. So yeah, this like like I was saying before, like this is one of those those uh uh UFO like uh cases where I was aware of it before I was even into UFOs. This is a big one. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It sounds like it's one of those staple stapled UFO stories that you need to know if you know anything about UFOs. Well, before we get started, I just want to say that this topic was actually suggested by Kokichi on Discord. So thank you so much for the suggestion. And also, thank you. before we get started, we have a listener by the name of Ada Reich. Uh, they have a streaming stuff, I guess. They do streaming on Twitch and YouTube. And they are under the same name on all of those platforms, possibly other platforms. So it's um, A-D-A-R-Y-K-E Studios. So you can find them, check them out, shout out for them before we get started. All right, so let's get into it. Zimbabwe, Rua, September 16th, 1994. So as we're saying, this one is, there, there are cases, and then there are cases, this is one of the big ones. This is one of the few cases where I look mm-hmm. at it and I'm convinced that something really weird. Ha- there's, there's no way out of it. This one, there's no way to, there's ex- a lot of people involved. There's no way to explain it away. There's no way to tell yourself that it could be a figment of the imagination. Something happened here. 100% something happened. And I mean, it looks like, uh, well, we'll maybe talk about it in the conclusions at the end. But I mean, it, you know, it wasn't a you know a lost farmer. You know, I'll just say that it was not a lost farmer. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't a lost farmer. Oh, it it wasn't? wasn't some random person that was like traveling yeah. some back road somewhere that just happened to have an experience by themselves. You know, it, this was this was a, a lot of people, and uh, you know, I, I mean listening to like some of the testimonies and stuff too, like from like the, cause obviously a lot of the witnesses, the, the, vast, the, the vast majority of them with the aerial school, uh, uh incident itself, yeah, they, they it was kids. all kids. They were, yeah, yeah they, and, they were and, all kids. And kids, kids, kids traditionally, I think most people know this. It's kind of like one of those, like, you know, uh, you know, immediate things where like everybody kind of knows kids are not good liars. Not most of them. Right. So maybe yeah. some of them, you know, right. But like, when you hear the testimony from the kids and stuff, and we'll talk about that later, um, you get uh, there. There is consistency here, right? I, we'll get into that as well, you know. But like, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting case, and, and like, uh, there's a lot of believability here. Well, and kids so, are, yeah, kids are not good actors, right? And like, there's that one, exactly. There's yeah. that one interview with that little girl. She looks so tiny. She must have been first grade. I don't know, and 
you know, it was uh, Dr. Mac was interviewing her, I believe. And she's Ooh, trying, Maggie? she's trying not to cry. You can tell she's trying not to cry. Uh-huh. You can't fake that. Like, I, I'd say like 90. Yeah, she's holding back her fear. I mean, 98% of adults can't fake that, let alone children. Yeah. You know, like it was just. They can force it and they can fake it. But there's, there's typically, you know, uh, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes when people are, are trying to force something to happen. Yeah. And these kids weren't doing that, you know. And it, it, yeah, this is one of the cases where it's very, very important to not just read the transcripts or listen to the audio, but actually watch the interviews with these kids because yes, these kids are not making this up that what they're saying, they believe 100%, you know, I'm mm. convinced of that. So let's get into what happened. Yeah. This one. Yeah. Also, by the way, this one was voted on, on our Patreon. The top tier gets to vote on the next week's episode. We had a couple of choices this week. Let me refresh my memory here as to what they declined. You guys are missing out, man. They declined the they declined the Malmstrom Air Force Base UFO, the Stephenville 2008 mm-hmm. Triangle, Stephenville, Texas, and uh, they chose the Aerial School. Man, that's a tough uh, that that's actually a tough lineup there, man. So those are all it, really it, you know, good, it is really good cases there. It is, I, I but it doesn't surprise me that people chose this one though because this is an amazing case and and it's a, a very historical case within UFOlogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's so it's somewhat modern. You know, these kids, they're all adults now. Yeah. They're all adults now. They're in their 30s probably because ha- they were kids in the 90s, right? Is, is that how the math works? Out? I don't know, 20s or 30s, something like that. But Well, these- yeah, well I mean, there was, there was, a, there was a, 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 not a very wide range of, of kids. Like, what was it? It was like uh, kids from the age of like five or six up until like, like 12 or 14, First- something like that. First grade to seventh grade from what I understand, although I'm not 100% sure about that, but... Uh, yeah. Well, so, that doesn't mean the same thing in every country though. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these these people are still around. These witnesses are still out there and there oh, are, yeah. there are plenty of interviews with them. Not all of them unfortunately. I mean, a lot of them uh, I'm guessing they don't want to be interviewed. They just want to live their lives on, okay, leave me alone. I don't yeah. want to talk about that UFO shit. I'm assuming because they they weren't in front of the camera and I have to assume that mm-hmm. the people you know, doing these interviews and making these documentaries would seek these people out, obviously. And I'm sure they're not like that hard to find. So anyways, Mm -hmm. let's get into it. So as I said, it was September 16th, 1994 in Rua, Zimbabwe, which is in case you have to refresh your memory of geography, Zimbabwe is in Africa and it borders South Africa to the north which I, I remembered that it was in Africa, so I'm not a complete dummy, but um, I forgot exactly where it was in Africa. I actually had to look that up. So it's in the very south part, uh, bordering, yeah. bordering South Africa. And the area we're talking about is in a rural farming area. There's like not a whole lot going on there. It's fairly remote. And the school itself, the aerial school, is a private school or it was a private school. I'm not, it's still there today, but I don't know if it's still a yeah. private school or not. So the, the student population was mixed. They had, you know, as you imagine Africans there, but they also had a lot of white students as well. And it being a private school, these were probably families who were living in the capital to the North, which is a uh, Harare, I think. And um, like the interviewed people and a lot of them, 
Well, some of them said, yeah, like my parents were missionaries here or whatever. It's not clear exactly who's there for what reason, but there are definitely well, people. a lot of farmers, kids there too. Yeah. So that some of the people there are definitely not native to the area, right? All right. So before the incident we're talking about, before September 16th, the few, some, some accounts say the week before, some accounts say the three days or four days preceding. Either way, there were a lot of UFO sightings in the area in the days leading up to this event. And there was activity. There was even an account where somebody like a truck driver saw an extraterrestrial being or, you know, a strange creature. We don't know for sure that it was extraterrestrial. It could be just, you know, from the middle of the, you know, from the hollow earth. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, m- mostly, most of the sightings that I heard of, like were were from like the 14th and the 15th. Like, like, like it was a couple days before this actually happened at the school. And uh, they were actually around the whole area, like in multiple different countries. Like there was reports from um, Johannesburg, South Africa, there from Botswana, Zambia, and, and these are all surrounding areas, uh, you know, within this area. And uh, a lot of them, what I from what I had heard and from what I've seen uh, leading up to this, uh, it was uh, you know orange like orbs in in, in the uh, the sky. People claim to have seen, you know, like groups of like like shining bright lights that did not look like planes. I've seen a couple of different descriptions of, of uh, crafts that people had seen in the sky that they even said it were too big to be a plane. Um, so like it seems it seems to me like like the like a lot of the area like they they were already on high alert almost. You know what I mean? Like like stuff had been happening so recent within that area of Africa. You know, and, and it was almost like a, what, what would you call it? It's um, a flap, right? Yeah, it's either a flap no. or a wave. And I haven't been able to tell why, you you know, there's there seems to be no difference between the two. And sometimes we use one uh-huh. and sometimes we use the other. It's either a UFO flap or a UFO wave. And I haven't been able to yeah. determine the difference yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there, 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 there's a lot of activity, activity leaving, leading up to this, sorry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's kind of a weird situation that, you know, that leads up to this, you know? Yeah. One of the local news outlets, ZBC were said that they were getting hundreds of UFO reports in the days leading up to this event. So that, I mean, that's just the news outlet. So people were seeing right. weird right. stuff all over the place. Some of the yeah. sightings were just a couple of examples were UFOs flying in a pattern, a flying oval. Uh, orbs of light and there's even an airline crew that saw in flight saw and reported ufos and they reported it to the johannesburg airport but Mm. those i mean looking up those sightings in and of themselves would be worthy of a whole episode i think at least one episode just to report on all of those sightings but let's get to this particular one that we're talking about so at 10 Mm -hmm. a.m at september 16th again 1994, the students were out playing and they had an extended recess because the teachers were having some sort of meeting or conference indoors, which is unfortunate that apparently all of the adults were inside. And this is um, somewhat unusual, but when you, when you hear the interviews, like some of the older kids said that, yeah, we saw the younger kids were upset. So we ran over to, you know, make sure they were okay. Um, that's not where I went to school. <laughs> where I went to school is more like, yeah, 
uh, there were no adults around. So the older kids went to beat up on the younger kids, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know, it's completely different atmosphere, but yeah, you get the impression that the older kids really were concerned about things and it was a lot more orderly and they didn't necessarily need an adult present all of the time, you know, but anyways, the teachers were inside having a meeting and the whole event, the UFO sighting lasted approximately 15 minutes. So that's what we have is an approximate time frame, but according to a lot of the witnesses, that's really hard to pin down. But that's what, you know, the adults will say as well as it was about 15 minutes. Now, some places say that it was either 62 or 64 kids that witnessed the UFO, but there's a lot of kids in the area apparently didn't see anything. But if you listen to some of yeah. the interviews, it's pretty clear that actually a lot more kids saw it. And the number is probably well over a hundred, not so it doesn't really matter that much. I mean, what's the difference? 60, a hundred. It's a buttload of kids saw this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. People. So there, there's a couple of different descriptions given and they don't necessarily conflict with each other. It's just different ways of describing something. So some kids described seeing a silver disc in the sky descend and land in a field just outside of the school. So a lot of them didn't see it, or at least as far as I could say, you know, in their testimonies, they didn't say that they saw it land. They just looked over and saw it sitting like amongst the trees or over there out just outside of the boundary of the school, you know, so they didn't necessarily see it come down. Um, Mm -hmm. One, one interview, the student said they saw a flash of light, bright silver shot past. And a lot of them said they saw something silver amongst the trees and they described the object as, you know, your typical flying saucer, but a lot of the, the, the kids, a lot of them, you know, as adults, when you see the adult, interviews they said yeah we didn't we weren't aware of ufos or aliens or anything and that's really uh, apparent when you listen to their interviews when they were children the way they describe things so they'll describe things like oh it had this thing on it here and it was over there and like these really vague descriptions and one of them said it had like something around the sides a platform around the sides they called it and that would be a flying saucer with like a little edge around the sides but a kid who doesn't know what a flying saucer is, that's how they would describe it, perhaps. You know, another description mm-hmm. is a big round ball with a flat bottom, a silver oval thing that flew past really slowly. And one witness said, one witness said, I saw the bigger one and the spaceship, like four or five of them. It was red and green and yellow. Another one yeah. said, Now this one was interesting. They said it looked like a big rock in the trees. It didn't look like a smooth metallic object. And they described it kind of like it seemed to me anyways, like the, like it was trying to blend in with the scenery. Like it was trying to camouflage itself, which is really weird. But that, I mean, that could explain why there was a little bit of confusion as to how to describe it. Because if it was sort of, let's say hypothetically, this was some, some kind of ship with a, cloaking mechanism and that mechanism was maybe malfunctioning and it was sort of like glitching in and out and it kind of looked like it blended in but then it didn't you know kind of a thing i don't know that one Mm -hmm. that description really kind of tripped me out yeah or if it was coming from like a a different dimension 
That's another, mm-hmm. yeah, that's some of the descriptions that we'll talk about definitely seem like it could be some sort of, I don't know, interdimensional something or other going on. It, it gets pretty weird. <laughs> this well, one. and that's a, that's a pretty popular opinion also of like what aliens actually are for a lot of people. Is it like, you know, obviously if from one solar system to another, one galaxy to another, wherever an alien race may be coming from to visit here or whatever, if they, if they are doing that, you know, a, point A to point B travel isn't necessarily reasonable, right? Because the, the distances are so very vast, it, it just wouldn't make sense really, you know, to travel like that. It, it wouldn't be efficient, right? Well, so it, it they, depends. I mean, it depends. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. It wouldn't. I guess it depends on what kind of technology you're using. Right? It wouldn't be practical using our own tech technology. But um, if you remember when we, I think it was the time travel episode when when um, I talked a little bit about our understanding of certain physics principles. So light, yeah. light travels at a certain speed. What is it, like three hundred eighty four thousand miles a second or something like that? But that's from our perspective. From its own perspective, apparently light travels anywhere in the universe instantaneously. Just wrap your head around mm. that. So depending on yeah. your perspective, your speed of travel changes. So if you're traveling oh, at yeah, the speed yeah. of light, you can go anywhere in the universe in an instant. Yeah. Distances. You know that's a, that, that, that's become, a good point. Be, be. Yeah. Distance becomes meaningless. You go wherever you want to. So if you had the technology to harness the speed of light, you could go anywhere you wanted to, you know? And you just think yeah. about how primitive we are. It's it's barely a hundred years ago that we started flying around in airplanes. So to say well, that, that that's that's arguable. Yeah, but to, well, yeah, but let's let's not get into that. <laughs> let's just let's just say that we well, started saying, flying in the early nineteen hundreds, right? Yeah. So let's hypothetically, if that's the first time we flew, then, or maybe late 1800s, if you count like airships or whatever, that whatever, it doesn't matter. So we haven't, uh-huh. been, in the grand scheme of things, we haven't been flying for that long at all. Like we barely figured out how to fly. And now all of a sudden we think, okay, we have mastered all there is to master. I don't think so at all. The other day I was yeah. talking with Agent Egg about astronomy. And we we're talking about our dogs. And I was like, yeah, the dogs have no concept of what the stars are. It doesn't mean anything to them at all. They don't, they have no way of even, no way of even interpreting that. It doesn't mean anything to them, you know? So what is there out there? There has to be stuff out there that we have no way of interfacing with. We can't interpret it ourselves, you know? Sure. Just, just like the dogs have no way to know. They look up at the stars and they're like, yeah, whatever. Those lights are always there. They have, they, have, they don't know what that is. They don't know what the universe is. They don't know what the and, and speed of light is, you know? It, it's a weird thing, too, because, like, like you know, there's a lot of parallels there to draw, like, uh, with, like, archaeology and stuff like that, or, or just, like, people who consider themselves a historian, whether they be academic or not. Like, a lot of these, you know, a lot of our experts, quote-unquote, like to think, you know, that, that we know everything. We already know so much, right? But in, in, in reality... I'm aligned with your opinion there that like, I mean, we, we may not know even 1% of what we could, you know what I mean? As far as like, like knowing stuff about like, you know, the actual makeup of the universe and what, what reality even is, you know what I mean? We don't even know if we're freaking 
you know, uh, receivers of, of, uh, you know, like, uh, um, consciousness or, or if, if we create consciousness, we, we don't know that. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? We, we don't even know if we're in assimilation. Damn it. They, like, you know, it's like, they don't even know how gravity <laughs> works, you know? Not really. Yeah. Right. They don't know how so, gravity works. Yeah. Just wrap your head around that. You know, as advanced as yeah. we think we are, we still haven't mastered the basics of physics. You know, there's still yeah, so much yeah. left so, to discover. Yeah. So I guess my point is we think we're so smart, but really, I, I mean, I, I'm in, in the opinion of that. We really probably don't know diddly squat. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, yeah. Do Have we, have we learned quite a bit, you know, throughout recorded history? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, we really don't even we don't even know our own damn fucking history like you know like yeah. human history we're, we're, we're even within recorded history there are so many discrepancies you know what i mean like it's it's uh, yeah we don't know what you know we'd like to think we do but we don't not in my opinion at least you know? right we've made quite a lot of discoveries and we've achieved miracles of science over the last century or so and even going back further depending on how you want to look at it but as far as technology uh -huh. goes, we're basically still children, in my opinion, you know? Sure. And yeah. dur during my lifetime, I've seen us go from, you know, the Atari 2600 to now I have a supercomputer in my pocket, you know? So... Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Just, just the change within my lifetime has been absolutely astounding, just mind-boggling. But yeah, we're still at the beginning. But, all right, anyways, where, where were we? <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember now. I don't. know. That's what happens so when got, somebody makes a ruckus in the other room. It's totally distracting, you know. Yeah, we kind of got off on a tangent there. That was a good tangent, though, man. I think that was a decent tangent. I like that tangent. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Let's let's get back to the aerial school UFO. I suppose. All right. So oh, yeah. one of the weird things is that the children reported hearing a sound when the UFO landed or as it was on the ground, hovering above the ground or whatever it may be. One child said it sounded like somebody was blowing a flute. And she said that she was afraid of the noise and ran away. Others described it like the sound of an electric station, like a substation or something, sort of like a mm -hmm. zapping electricity sound. And they said it sounded like it was coming from everywhere, which is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I could see why they would be a little yeah. frightened by that sound. Yeah, that can definitely make an impression on you, you know. And, and from some of the testimony that I had seen also, it seems like a lot of the younger children had ran away, but some of the older uh, school children, I guess, like were more curious about it. And so they kind of started to approach yeah, for sure. know, the vehicle. That's So one, one of the older kids said that they were just playing, doing their thing, and they hadn't noticed anything unusual going on. And then they heard a bunch of the younger kids actually sounded like they were upset and then they ran over and that's sort of what drew, drew everybody's attention over there. And then what happened was when they saw the entity or, you know, the unusual little man got out, they, the little kids, most of them got frightened and ran away, but the bigger kids stayed and some of them, sort of the way they talked, it sounded like they felt like it was their responsibility to sort of stay there and make sure that everything was okay. You know, they felt like they couldn't yeah, run. Yeah, like, protect. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So they described... Yeah, and, and, oh, yeah, go ahead, ETA. No, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I was just going to kind of comment on that, but... Okay. My, my, 
Yeah. So they said that they, different witnesses said they saw different numbers of entities between one and four, but most of them from what I could find said they just saw one, but they were creatures Mm -hmm. with, they had big eyes and they were dressed in like black and like the, the black was like either like a deep black or, you know, like they didn't say that like he had like buttons on him or something or like a suit or coveralls. They said he -hmm. was covered in deep black and a lot of them referred to him as being like a black person, not like an African black, but just like just pure black, you know, except for the face, which was like very pale. And one, Mm -hmm. one witness described it like the skin looked like it was, it was plastic. And they said, she said it looked like somebody with a bad Botox job. Like the, the skin looked sort of, you know, like, sort like sort of not, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Translucent. Yeah. Like a bat. Like just, yeah. yeah. You can see the veins and it's just, um, I don't, I don't know if there's any, they, I don't, didn't see any veins. No, in no, the no, was, but, no, no, no. I was just saying <laughs> not, not what she said. That's important. But yeah. I was saying, but it like, just sort of like that sort of creeps me out. Just thinking about it. Like you just think about, you know, some of those bad Botox jobs and just think about like a whole face that looks like that. You know, it's, is weird, man. Well, they Madonna. They were definitely freaked Just out about the about faces Madonna. because I, I heard some of their testimonies, saw some of their testimonies, and like they would talk about how like the eyes were lower than like like regular humans, like and, and it, it one of the one of the actual kind of cool things about this case is like there are video of there's videos where you can see like groups of the children giving testimony all at the same time, oh, yeah, kind yeah. of like you and know their like drawings everything. Well, and and the drawings too, and they all drew very similar things. And they were all in agreement, you know what I mean, with, with each other. Like they, like it, you could see that they weren't like sitting there trying to like discuss like what we saw, you know what I mean, or what they saw. Rather, uh, they were they were all they all agreed, and they all were like like kind of. It's like some of the the, the uh, like uh, the interviews I saw with the kids when they were sitting down in a group and they're being questioned about this stuff. It's kind of like a rolling commentary where like, they're all kind of adding on to each other, but they're all in agreement. Like they all were, were saying the same thing. You know what I mean? And, and, and like, you didn't see really, I, I, I didn't see anybody like disagree with each other as far as like what they claimed they had seen. Like there, there are some little bit of differences and stuff here with the testimony. Um, like, like we had mentioned, some kids say they had saw one, one person, one alien, whatever it was, and uh, others say that they saw a couple different ones, but for the most part, as far as what they saw, what what these this creature or these creatures looked like, they were all they all agreed with that. You know what I mean? Like what we how we had already described it, right? So you know, it's a uh, it's kind of one of these things where, uh, like like I had said before, like kind of before like before we started the show, there you know when we we're talking about it, um, kids are not good liars typically. Not in my experience, right. you know, and, and like, you can tell when a kid is like taking extra time to try to make up something, you know what I mean? But mm. that, I, I, I didn't see that here. You know what I mean? When I see these interviews and, and when, when they're describing, you, you can see like the, like the, I wouldn't call it excitement, but like the, uh, the energy that they have, uh, like in the stories that they're conveying. Like you can tell, like it, they're not sitting there thinking about like what 
what to tell you, you know, as far as what they saw. I mean, they're they're just blurting it out, you know, and, and like they were saying, oh, it was like, yeah, we saw all these different colors, you know, in some of these vehicles, and you know, like, uh, you know, the, you know, it, it's it's pretty consistent, is what I'm saying, you know. So yeah. it, it's, uh, I mean, to me, that it really adds to the the believability of the story, the story, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, they're all out on uh, on recess there, right, and. and uh, because of the situation, they didn't have any adults out there like like monitoring them, you know. So we don't really have besides like the stuff that led up to it, like you know the days before and like the time before, where you have like different alien um, uh, sightings and stuff leading up to this around the whole area, not even in the same country. Like you know, I mean, so like, but like uh, besides that, like like it's. Uh, there wasn't any adults at the school that saw it oh, from yeah. themselves the, necessarily. Yeah. yeah but the believability but, of this is very high too. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it's in the, the location for this to happen. It, you wouldn't be thinking to yourself uh, or assuming that, Oh, this is just a cash grab. You know what I mean? Oh, they, they do this stuff all the time. You know what I mean? The area yeah. it's, it's poor and this and that, like, they're just well, it's not money. like, but it's it's not like it's not like any of these kids or any you know the faculty members or anything like that have written books and tried to make money off of this. Like I haven't seen that's any of that. I, that's exactly that's where I was gonna go to is that this you know this I mean? wasn't clearly a publicity publicity stunt. Publicity. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm having my <laughs> I'm all congested. I can't talk normally. I I talk. I can't talk. Like uh, never mind, actually. Well, I I can't take uh, typically talk uh, very reasonably <laughs> just in general, but you know that's what I was gonna say. I'm just too am I I'm airhead right now. Um, but yeah, no, I I uh, think with uh, I I don't think these kids, you know, the believability of it is very high, and it's it's really just it's fascinating yeah. and tremendously scary at the same time. But it's just well, why. This this location though, it just why this just remote random scenario. Well, we, we're not and that's get a good an segue. Answer, but yeah. that's actually a good segue because some of the kids that were interviewed said that um, as the uh, you know this this entity or these entities like approached them, they telepathically communicated to them right. about yeah. about how like technology is bad and, and what you what you humans are doing to your planet is going to end up, you know, uh, putting you, you guys in a very well, horrible situation. Before we get started right? on there, we have a little bit more descriptions to talk about the aliens or entities themselves. Oh yeah. To, yeah. So there's a little bit more descriptions I wanted to get to. Because some of the children described that they say that the aliens were there. And sometimes if you read about it, they'll say, oh yeah, they just came out of the ship. But how, how did they open a door in the ship? But it turns out like, if you listen to the interviews, they'll say that like, they didn't see them come out of the ship. They just saw a creature like on top of the ship. They just saw him appear there like out of nowhere, like almost as if he teleported Mm -hmm. there or something. Right. And as far as I could find, I couldn't find any of them saying, oh, yeah, we saw like a hatch open and he came out of the ship or walked out of the ship or whatever. They all just sort of saw the creature there or the man or the woman or whatever it was. We don't know. But the the description, by the way, in case you haven't clued in yet, it sounds like your typical gray alien, but none of the children yeah. described it that way because 
we're talking about little kids here who they didn't even know what a gray alien was. You know, they're just, they're just kids, but they, a lot of them emphasized the eyes. They said that it had huge protruding eyes that like would stuck out, you know, out of their face. And some of the pictures, they drew the eyes like coming off of the head to like sort of emphasize like how the eyes were sort of protruding, you know, and that's one of the most important descriptions that they gave. They, that was one of the major things they all agreed on. It also had short legs, a small mouth, and nose. Some of the witnesses mm. saw one of saw multiple creatures, one of which had long hair. And some some of the uh, quotes, for example, is I saw the funny man with his eyes here and points the the boy pointed to his cheeks like next to his nose indicating that the eyes were set further down where you would expect on somebody's face or that they had a very mm. large forehead, right? Saw a spaceship and there were a few little ones around it. So that's another thing is that a lot of the children saw multiple, you know, UFOs or spaceships, not just the one. One girl said that she was about one meter away from the little man, or about three feet at one point, you know, when the man walked towards them, which is, oh, I, dude, I can't even imagine, you know, I'd be crapping myself. <laughs> that yeah, takes some yeah. balls, dude. Yeah. Like, but you know, I mean, like, like we're the, it doesn't sound like it, it's unique that this warning that they are, sorry, we'll get into that later. Yeah. It's just, they weren't aggressive. Uh, just, yeah. Well, yeah, but. So a lot of the children were sort of mesmerized. One said, I was engulfed in its eyes. Another said, the eyes. And in that moment, however long it was, because I have no idea of the time frame, it was just mesmerizing. So a lot of them described it like this, where they were just sort of frozen in place and sort of hypnotized when they looked into the creature's eyes. And then when they looked away the spell was broken and the movement of the creature itself is really, really interesting. So uh, several of the kids described the man like he was running in slow motion, sort of like a, like a a football. They said football replay and we would probably assume that's Mm -hmm. soccer to us, but you know, like a slow motion replay for a sporting event. And when it ran, it bounced like it was running on the moon, but not as high or like slow looking, but just sort of like that look that it didn't have gravity. Another kid said that the little man was gliding like there was no gravity. He said it looked very fluid and flowing. And um, another witness that, you know, in a documentary that I watched earlier today called The Aerial Phenomenon said that, mm-hmm. you know, the man moved strangely and she wasn't sure if he was the, there was one man being seen in different places at a different time. Like he was just shifting or teleporting around or if there were multiple men And that description, I find highly interesting. She wasn't sure if there was one or multiple little men, right? That's crazy. Like, again, we get back to this, it's, I don't know, for lack of a better term, interdimensional sort of thing happening, right? And also, one of the witnesses said that the man was moving diagonally through the field. So they saw him come from the ship towards them. 
One of the witnesses said that it, he came towards them, but then suddenly disappeared and reappeared at the beginning of the path and moved towards them again, almost like he was on a replay and did that several times. And again, we have this weird thing where it seems like the kids are seeing something that their brains just can't reconcile. Like it's happening in a different spatial dimension or what? I don't know. It's just really weird, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of a decent segue into uh, like, like uh, the nature of some, some of these interviews with the kids is uh, I I feel that they must've been educated pretty well because you can hear the way that they're talking and the way that they described the encounter and, and like the words that they were using and stuff, they seem like pretty intelligent kids. You know what I mean? They were, and, and they were all more well-spoken than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and that's a very good term to use right there. They were very well-spoken, you know, and that to me, like that, that provides also to the more believability of their testimony, you know, cause they like, uh, they didn't seem to be like super freaked out. Some of them obviously were, had been scared in the moment and stuff, you know? And, but when they were describing like what they saw and what they experienced, I mean, they're, you know, they're, 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 they're pretty matter of fact about what they're talking about. So what, what kind of an alien encounter would you call this? What would it be a close encounter? Like of the third, the third kind you think? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> right. Isn't that kind of where, we're, where it would fall? I'd have to review my Heineck scale. It's not something that I use very often, <laughs> but that's yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of found that kind of cool. Like, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know why I was as ever interested in that. Well, I mean, it is interesting, right? So, the the first kind is like when when you see something like in the sky, right, like a flying object or something like that, right? Yeah. So, so I like think there's no interaction. I right? yeah, and I think the second kind is like a close. Close if you're close to the vehicle, and the third kind is if you encounter like I think it, yeah, yeah. The, this the second kind is like if there's actually like physical evidence left behind, right? And Let's the see. third kind is if you actually, uh, I'm sure I can, I can obviously uh, hit up the, the, the Google machine or all right. So I just looked it up, and this is Heineck's scale, he has uh, different classifications nocturnal lights, daylight discs, radar visual. Close encounters of the first kind, visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away that show an appreciable okay. angular extension and considerable detail. The second kind is a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged. This can be interference in the fluctuation, uh, the fluction, oh, the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device, animals reacting a physiological effect such as paralysis or heat and discomfort in the witness or some physical trace mm. like impressions in the ground, scorched or otherwise affected vegetation or a chemical trace. And the third kind, UFO encounters in which an anim animated entity is present. These include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. And then... Robots. Yeah, robots. And then there are subtypes... <laughs> Uh, given here, which I won't go over. And then there's extensions, which is, okay, so the fourth kind, which is a close encounter of the fourth kind is a UFO event in which a human is abducted by UFO or occupants. This type okay. was not included in Heineck's original scale. And there's some more stuff about that. I'll skip that. And then the fifth kind 
is a UFO event claiming direct communication between aliens and humans, which I think they keep adding on kinds. Like there's, I've heard of like close encounters of the sixth kind. Oh, I'm going to write a book and now it's going to have close encounters of the eighth kind, whatever. I don't think you really need the fifth kind. (laughs) The fourth is enough. That's confusing. Yeah. That's confusing because like, didn't, didn't these aliens not communicate with these kids? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. They did, but went telepathically. But they weren't abducted. Yeah, uh, so still communication. Yeah. Oh, they were abducted. Yeah, no, no, no. They bad. were not. But the thing is, you would assume that if they were abducted, there would be communication. But I don't know. It's sort of the scale, I guess, is sort of a well, general yeah. ballpark. I don't know. But the, anyways, that's what. Well, not w- always. Like that's what Wikipedia I've says. Heard of different. I've I've heard of uh, you know plenty of abduction cases where like the the person was just plain abducted, but like they were never they never were in communication with the the aliens, you know, like, like they, they were, you know, remember being in like, in like something, something like a medical room or something like that, or, or you know, a, a room where they were being experimented on or what have you, you know? Yeah. But they were oh, never yeah. in communication with, with their abductees. Yeah. That's a good point. You actually. are going to put a lot of stuff up your butt right now. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually, uh, we, we were talking a little bit about the psychic stuff and there was, the general description is that there was like, there was no, there weren't any words or anything. There was no talking. It's all just images in the head, said one witness. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like thoughts and ideas and Damn. images, but the witnesses seemed sort of like, sort of like it was a jumble of things. It was sort of, they seemed confused about what the actual point of it all was. Just that they the had these thoughts yeah. and ideas sort of inserted into their head, but they didn't know what any of it meant. They just sort of got like vague impressions of things, you know, and a lot yeah, some, of them said of the, that it had to do with like pollution the, and technology. Yeah, and, and some of the, the the descriptions, as far as these testimonies that we we've heard from some of these kids and stuff like that, they felt like they were given like like uh like feelings, like they're they almost like they're it wasn't words, like you said, an you know, empath, like, like like an empathic like communication or whatever, where you communicate with feelings and stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, they, they, like they weren't feel what they weren't they're giving feeling, it basically. Like they weren't fear. given a narrative, you know what I mean? But they're, yeah. they're, they, they were left with these feelings and these notions. You know what I mean? Dang. Yeah. I mean the message behind, I mean the, the, what the, the job, if you will, was to inform us though. That's scary. I mean, honestly, it's like, oh, it's amazing. Oh, a UFO visit. That's that's in itself. It's earth shattering. And I shit my pants, you know, 10 times over every time. But when it comes down to like, you know, with with it being carrying a warning, that's something that like goes to the realm of I would lean to believe that more than just a typical, oh, we ran into an alien type of situation. But I mean... I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I guess it would be important and I'm not trying to like to try to poke holes in things, but it's like, I would wonder what was this any, was this daycare or this school? Was there anything having to do with any activists, um, eco activists, if you will, you know what I mean? Like uh Greenpeace or there, there wasn't a, a presence in that time in that area. Right. So, I mean, 
Right, because that would be my only question: is like, what, what, would somebody encourage them to like make up this? You know, are they all the kids of you know people that are Earth warriors? You know what I mean? I don't think that's the case here. I'm just, I, I'm just shooting shit out of there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, taken care of. So eh. they need the Earth to be, you know, good. So why not spread a message of, you know. Try to keep, try to scare us, you know what I mean, into getting, uh, you know, taking care of the earth, if you will. All right, I'm going to shut up now. Yeah, so they were given a message that that we were doing harm to the planet and that we shouldn't get too much technology and stuff like that. One One thing that occurred to me is, all right, let's say that you're in the local neighborhood within a reasonable distance of travel and you notice these monkeys started making bombs and shit. So what are you going to do? You're going to go and tell them, all right, you know, we're ahead of you. Listen to us. Trust us. You don't want to do this technology thing. It's no good for anybody, you know, except us, because obviously we have it. But don't worry about that. You guys just enjoy hanging out on your beautiful planet. Don't destroy it. Stop doing this technology stuff. Because, you know, we don't want to compete. We don't want to end up competing with you, you know? So, I mean, if you're going to take a pessimistic view, <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> they're, they're trying to discourage us from developing technology because they don't want to compete with us in the future. That, that's one idea. I don't know. But that, wasn't ex- that was not explicit in any of the descriptions. That's just what occurred to me when I was listening to these things is like, you know, if you were a competitive race, you might want to send that message out. But what the kids were describing, you know, were things like, you know, ecological disasters and stuff. A couple of them said they felt like the aliens or creatures or men or whatever you want to call them wanted them to go with them. So one person said, one, one of the girls said it was as if they wanted us to go with them. It was at that point when I snapped right out of the trance when they broke contact or eye contact, the trance went away and the images too. So that's what a couple of the students said. They felt like they, that the creatures wanted us to go with them. Another witness said it was like in the world, all these trees would just fall down and there would be no air and people would be dying. I think that in space, there is no love, but down here there is. And that was that was like a little girl that said that, and it was a really sort of an interesting perspective, you know. That I don't know. Yeah, it is a weird is statement. Deep. I'm not really sure what to make of it, but it's still pretty interesting. She's a fucking alien. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So another another witness, one of the boys, felt like they might attack, and a lot of the kids in general felt pretty fearful. And I wonder if they're all interpreting it in their own way. Like if, you know, this this boy, if his instinct was to defend everybody, he would be worried about them attacking. And if, you know, the little girls, because this boy was, he, I don't know, it's hard to tell their ages. You know, they all just look really little to me. But like, let's say the little girl who was afraid of being taken, maybe she was afraid she was being taken and she felt like they wanted to take her. You know, and the boy felt protective, and he, I, I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. But anyways, this is what they were describing. 
they didn't say that. That's I'm I'm putting that there. They didn't necessarily describe it that way, but it just occurs to me that you know you have these different witnesses describing it in slightly different ways. All of them or most of them felt fearful. There was one boy who seemed sort of excited about it and you know he said something in the interview like yeah he's like he said I knew that I'd seen something that nobody else had ever seen so I thought that was pretty cool. That's not his exact words, but it was something like that, right? Oh, I was going to say, like, that's pretty profound. (laughs) Yeah, but that's the only one I saw an interview of that actually didn't look upset about all of it. All the other ones looked like they were pretty unhappy about the whole thing. But they're kids. Like, they're going to freak the fuck out. Like, you know, the girls, I just imagine them screaming most of the time. Like, ah, like, I mean, this creature's coming up and you're like, what the hell is that thing? Oh, most definitely. It sounds like we did. I mean, some kids were scared. Some kids seemed to be, or some kid uh, was excited. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just glad that nobody was abducted and nobody, you know, never got to see their kid again. That's important, right? I mean, that's definitely good. But uh, I don't know. What, what was the, oh, sorry. Never mind. I'd be getting ahead of us if I said what I was going to ask there. But uh, no, yeah, that would have freaked me out, though. As a kid, I would have been freaked out. There is nothing in part, unless I'm going to be hurt or I feel like somebody's going to attack somebody I love or my friend, then, of course, I'm going to, you know, sack up and try to, like, fight back. Right? I have no idea how I would have reacted to that. I, shit, I'm, I, I mean, the first and foremost thing that I would assume is I probably, if I was that young, I'd probably shit my pants and then run away. Probably, probably. I I don't know. Not all in the same order, right? Like, just yeah, you know. (laughs) But I would say might uh, surprise you. (laughs) Well, jokes on you! I shat my pants before you guys got here. (laughs) (laughs) Preparation. You Um, you win, (laughs) right? (laughs) When it comes down to uh, like, but the thing that's peculiar is that I'm just shocked that these kids were able to comprehend some sort of like entity or creature or thing because you know you always hear how people will say oh yeah well it's impossible to actually see a alien because if they showed up they're from a different you know you know universe a different realm of reality or and dimension we, yeah dimension you know would you actually you know, comprehend what we were seeing, or are we going to go mad and crazy? Yeah. And well, I guess it de- it depends on what your opinion of what an alien is, right? So, do you think an alien is an interdimensional being, or do you think it's like you know, a, a, you know, a race of people, or, or some kind of a? You know, do you think that they're they're well, traveling long distances, or do you think that they're inter- interdimensional? I guess is a two big things right there, right? Like well, that's that's peculiar. I mean, like, would you say you anticipating their existence or saying, yeah, there are there is something out there of their nature, like that would better suit your brain for when you actually do encounter a situation like that. Your brain is gonna construct something for sure going to construct something and give you a better like step like you know an idea of what the hell to anticipate what you're gonna see come out that spaceship or whatever the hell it might be uh and then you have the people that are you know god lovers god fearing people 
And, you know, if they were to see that, they would just see pure evil or whatever the hell it might be. Well, yeah, some some people theorize it like, you know, aliens are actually like either angels or demons or what have you. Oh, yes. Yeah, right, right. And so, like, they they theorize that we don't really know what we're looking at just to begin with, you know, first and foremost. But, like, uh, you know, it's there's so many different theories on on what an alien uh, could be, you know what I mean? And there's also... One of the things that I find kind of interesting is like uh like the the different experiences that people have had with abductions and also experiences people have had like under the influence of like ayahuasca or something like that. There are some similarities between between some of the the, the stuff that they describe. For example, uh you know the the one like thing uh, one of the things about abductions is that some people describe like yeah, being abducted and being like you know um observed or having interactions with like reptilian type aliens or what have you. But th- that's also one of the things that people describe also when, when they're under the influence of DMT as well, the methyltryptamine, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I mean, and there's, there's, and there's a couple of good, you know, uh, well, I mean, people that have, have written about this and have talked about this, like, well, you know, like, like there are some similarities there. You know, like, like, you know, Graham Hancock is, is probably one of the first persons that I've, I've heard talk about this, you know, and there, there are others out there. Right. And, um, right. but, but like, uh, like I find that there, there are enough similarities there to, to pose the question, is it something that is, is, is possibly the same thing? You know what I mean? Like, like, is it or connected mm-hmm. at least, you know what I mean? That 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 is a question that 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 you know I think deserves some some investigation, and, and I'm not going to claim to be very well read in it, but it is it is a, a interesting question. I think you know what I mean. Interesting to say the least. Yeah. But what I so, did hear though, what really stood out to me, and I thought this was a tremendous idea, Agent ATA, was that we would take a week off of all our responsibilities, meet up as a team. And rent an RV or something, and go and trip out in a mile. You know, and I mean, go drop some I mean, DMT, some fucking ayahuasca. Go to the mountains, play with the stars. If Let's I'm do gonna it. do ayahuasca, we'll live stream the whole thing for our I want to. I want to really go do ayahuasca. You know what I mean? I I want to have a shaman there, and I want to have a reputable. Uh, I don't know if I just pronounced that correctly. I'm not reputable. You know, Whatever, dude. I'm not great at the English language, you know. But anyways, freaking. Come on, man. I just because you're a book learner and you can read. A book learner. Oh, you got you just cut out for me there. Sorry, anyways, yeah, my mic is if, on. So if, if I'm gonna go do ayahuasca, I'm not gonna just go willy nilly into it because, like, like uh, psychedelics is is one of those things, man. In my opinion, where it's you better tread those waters softly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know you mean? gotta like, bring your like, A game. You gotta make sure all your ducks in a row too. I mean, you can't not, be going and dropping that stuff if you're if something's bad in your life that you're you're uh, something you well, keep it's, thinking it's, of. Well, negative. here's the thing: like, if I'm gonna do ayahuasca or something like that, it's gonna be for you know, I'm gonna try to be. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm doing it because I'm trying to better myself. You know what I mean? Like, I, okay, like so I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get some benefit out of it. You know I mean, so, so if I'm going to do it, um, I, I don't want to, I'm not doing it for the fun of it. 
You know what I mean? No, we're doing uh, it I, up in the mountains at the highest peak we can get to. Well, no, I'm, I'll, I'll be doing it. I'll be, I'll be going down to South America and doing it in the freaking rainforest, you know, and I want a good shaman there to Ugh, lead me upon the right path. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's, it's one of those things, it's like, like ayahuasca is one of those things that has, has become within the last like decade or so kind of trendy. So, from what I understand, there are some shamans are you know they they're they're just trying to make money off you. They're not trying to really help you. You know what I mean? And well, so, I think, like, I I think want, Agent Kruger is more interested in something like. So I heard that in Canada, cocaine is now legal. <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, no. so that would be a fun <laughs> nice trip, I guess. I mean, I've I've never had cocaine, nah. but it, it sounds like a lot of fun. You know. They had, yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. It was all popular <laughs> in the 80s and stuff. But anyways, all right, let's get back to the aerial school UFO. That was a okay. was good at TJ, by little, the way. A little bit of a hmm. tangent there. We'll get, we'll get uh, hey. you know, well, maybe. Well, we're lucky we have Angie Anderson here to bring keep, us back on yeah, track. Keep He's us on track there, that, so. yeah. So back to the UFO event. That was pretty much the main idea of what happened. And then after, after those psychic messages... There's, I mean, it, it's not really clear how everything, how the UFOs left, but they just kind of left, like they disappeared, right? And yeah, I get the impression that the kids at that point were so freaked out that they weren't really taking, you know, notes <laughs> at that point. So yeah. none of the witness statements that I saw were all that clear on how the UFO actually left. It was just sort of, okay, it's gone now or whatever. And a lot of the kids remember a lot of the kids ran away screaming. One of the teachers said that like, you know, over a hundred kids just came screaming, running and screaming up to the area that they were in. And like that, that's something that, you know, kids are not going to coordinate by themselves, by the way. But so after the fact, a lot of the kids, some of them said that they thought that they had seen, you know, aliens not from this planet, but some of them actually thought that it was, you know, just an unusual man. And some of them said that they had seen Tikoloshes, T-I-K-O-L-O-S-H-E-S, which I guess is some sort of creature from local folklore or, you know, mythology. And, you know, like I said earlier, some of them hadn't even heard of UFOs or aliens before because they're little kids. They don't know about that stuff, you know? So they they just saw something weird and they didn't really know what to make of it at all. Now the teachers at first the the faculty they were sort of they didn't believe any of the kids. And the principal did say at one point he said that he believed the kids saw something but he wasn't really saying what that something was. He just you know, he yeah. didn't he didn't go out on a well, limb or anything. He trusted them because of the conviction in which they gave their statements. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he, he was like, all right, I'm not going to sit here and say, I believe in aliens, but I know that they experienced something because I can tell that they were serious about what they're trying to tell me. Right. And was that, was that Mackie? Uh, it was, uh, was that his last name? I forget the principal's name. Actually. I remember somebody in there being named Mackie, and it always reminds me of uh, the, that teacher from South Park, uh, Mr. Mackie. 
He's like, oh, he's always like, oh, <laughs> well, there was, okay. there was Dr. Mac. It. It's all up to you. Okay. The guy from Harvard. Maybe that's was why I was making that. Dr. Mac. You could do it. Yeah. But you yeah, so. Your today. You that, have to spend your, your life uh, on the streets to dig, uh, to, to smack. Almost on the street. <laughs> Give me had jobs crack. Right. The, uh, <laughs> the principal. That was a song. You remember that song? Yeah. Hey, you can't just sidestep that. Yeah, oh, I just, I just did. I sidestepped the crap out of that because oh, the, okay. uh, well, it, we're, we're approaching an hour here and I have to pee. So I, I want to, oh. I want to get through some of this. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> so I've been holding my the, pee for a little bit here now already. So the, the principal was saying that, um, he felt, or, or in there, I felt when I was watching the interviews, actually, the principal seemed to be more concerned about keeping the parents happy than he was about the actual UFO event, you know, and that's sort of how, yeah. The parent or the parents, the the teachers seemed like they were more concerned about like doing their job than you know whatever they, it was the kids were freaked out about. Like the, they didn't give much stock to it. Judy Bates, yeah. who was the headmistress at the time and also lived on campus, was at, she sort of did a one eighty at first. You know she didn't believe any of it or whatever. But in a movie, a documentary on UFOs called The Phenomenon which was not the aerial phenomenon, but a whole different movie, the phenomenon. She actually was interviewed for that movie and she came out and she said she wanted to apologize to the children. And she said at the time she was more concerned about her own experience. And she believed that aliens had visited that day and she wasn't super specific, but it sounded like she was saying, okay, I'm sorry. I was just trying to cover my own ass in this situation and I should have been more genuine and just more supportive of the students in general and what they saw. And she seems like she really believes what the students said was, you know, she believes what they said was real. And that's actually yeah. a really important takeaway from that movie because that was, you know, an interesting little bit of, you know, like, like we have a witness here who says that basically it, it more or less admitting that she had lied in the past and downplayed stuff, you know? So that's mm -hmm. pretty important, I think. But the, yeah, like the teachers Very, yeah. at first, they didn't really believe what the kids were saying. And the kids went home and told their parents and their parents didn't believe them either because I mean, you know, come on, but the parents came to the school the next day to discuss with the faculty what had happened because their kids were freaked out about something, right? So it was reported, the event was reported to the ZBC uh, radio, and this led, in general, to sort of a media frenzy with all sorts of different reporting on it, and it eventually hit the international headlines. Nobody really took it seriously, though. It was basically a big joke for everybody, right. except for the BBC had a correspondent in Zimbabwe named Tim Leach. He was a war mm. correspondent that had been covering, you know, fighting in the area. I guess and in Zimbabwe, it was a really bad time as far as violence went. And he was there sort of covering that stuff. But he went to cover this particular incident, and he was one of the very few people in the media who actually treated it seriously. And he is quoted as saying, I could handle war zones, but I couldn't handle this. He said in interviews that he was just really freaked out about the whole thing and he didn't know how to understand it. You know, he could understand people killing each other because you could wrap your head around this, but this was something completely 
outside of his experience. So there are other people who were also involved in investigating this. The most prominent ones would be Cynthia Hind, who was a very prominent Mm -hmm. MUFON investigator. She was like the director for all of Africa, I think. She came to the school on the 20th and interviewed a bunch of the kids. Um, Again, you know, I actually... I saw some videotape of her, and uh, she also had one of her uh, like aides or somebody that was help helping her out. And I don't know the guy's last name, but his first name was Gunther. Gunther, and, yeah. Uh, Gunther. yeah. Gunther. And I don't know if you saw some of this video, but that dude's head was way too big for his body. And, <laughs> yeah. He, looks he like looks like, a, like an alien. Kind of looks like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was like, is this guy a freaking uh-huh. alien plant? You know, like, like, is this guy human? I don't know. I, I don't know. You thought you, know? you can I, play one right past us, right under our nose, huh? Yeah. Hey, Gunther. You, yeah. Well, what's going on with you, bud? His, what, what his, last, his last name is Hoffer, I believe. Oh, okay. I just remember Gunther. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> but he was supposed to be like one of the, the technical advisors there, right? Like, well, like he, he was assisting Cynthia with technical stuff because he knew how to do stuff like Geiger counter type deals and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So he was helping yeah. her investigate. But she was a very prominent UFO investigator in Africa at the time. So she went to look into it and she interviewed a bunch of the, pe- the, the people, a bunch of the children there. Uh, Leach. Tim Leach investigated, or he investigated, he interviewed a bunch of the kids. And John Mack, a Harvard University psych professor who was a pretty big deal in his day, also visited the school to interview a bunch of the children, which, by the way, he sort of committed career suicide because Harvard professors don't interview UFO people. That just doesn't happen. That's really bad for your career. So yeah, not not if you want to be taken seriously. Yeah. Right? So he there's interviews in, that I've seen in some of these documentaries where they have interviewed some of his peers who are talking about like, oh yeah, you know, we're hoping that he comes back to us because he seems to have gone off a bit. You know, like they're basically trying to say, you know, we think he might be crazy, but he has tenureship, yeah. so we can't really fire him right now. <laughs> but He's gone yeah. off the rails. We don't, you know, we're worried about him, that kind of stuff. But uh, it's kind of a strange thing because he was just investigating stuff. Like I said before, it's, you know, it's not the people that are crazy. It's that weird shit they saw was crazy, but somehow that, <laughs> yeah. that uh-huh. means that the people who saw it are somehow crazy. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me, but anyways, that guy pr- pretty much committed career suicide. He got involved in this case and got involved with interviewing a lot of people and like, you know, abductees and experiencers in general and stuff. He wrote some books about it too. I'll, I'll mention one of them later, but that was, those were the three main people that investigated this, but there were lots of other people who looked into this sort of a thing. Now, interestingly, a lot of the children were interviewed as adults as well. And none of them, as far as I could tell, changed their stories. This is interesting because if this had somehow been hoaxed, you know, let's say there was one of the kids on the playground was really charismatic and they're saying, okay, all the teachers are in there doing their thing. We have an extra long recess. Why don't we all get together and pretend like we saw a flying saucer? Maybe they had seen a alien movie or whatever, and they just thought it would be funny. Well, Eventually, somebody would have admitted to that. Somebody along the line would have said, yeah, it was all bullshit. Sorry. You know, 
(laughs) because we're talking about like a hundred kids here. We're not talking about like three kids. If it was three kids, maybe they might keep the hoax going, but because there were so many kids and all of the ones interviewed as adults stick to their stories, 100%. They didn't embellish their stories. They just said, yep. What I said before I said, now I remember like it was yesterday. That stuff happened, you know, Salma Siddick, for example, that. yeah, Salma Siddick, for example, said, I stand by what I saw. There was no reason for any of us to make that up. And she said, I stand by what I saw, not I stand by what I said. So that word, it may be subtle. It may not hmm. mean anything at all. It might just mean that's how she said it. But if somebody was hoaxing something, I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I said that and I meant it. But she said, yeah, I stand by what I saw. And that's a little more firm of a statement to me because she's saying more there. more specific. Yeah, she's saying there, I saw something. I wasn't lying about it then, and I'm still not lying about it now. You know, so she didn't say she said something. She said she saw something. You know, I, I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting how she worded that. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, the, the teachers, like I said earlier, they didn't, the faculty didn't believe the kids at first. But... All of the, well, not about all of them, but they had the kids make drawings and write descriptions about what they saw. And a lot of the teachers were interviewed and they said, after we saw those pictures and we read those descriptions, we believed what they said because they were all talking about the same thing from their own perspective, you know? And Mm -hmm. if you've ever read different things or different people talking about the same thing. There can be very wide variances in how they describe it, but you can tell they're all describing the same thing. Right. And if, if they had all colluded to describe something, then it would be very different, I think. But this totally convinced the teachers, at least some of them that the kids were being genuine and it wasn't some sort of prank or something. Now, there was one teacher I saw in an interview that refused to believe it and said that it had to be some kind of prank or something, but that was one holdout. He didn't believe it, but the other teachers did, and that's what convinced them was that not just the drawings, but the stories, they all matched. You know, they had some vari- right. they had some variance between them, but they all matched. They were all talking about the same thing from different perspectives, which I find yeah. very interesting because these teachers... Their teachers are kind of like secondary parents to these kids. They see them every day for hours, every day, you know? And like, I know my kids when they were very young, it's different now because they're older, but when they were very young at the end of the school year, they would actually get really upset and cry in some cases when they're like, uh, well, I have a different teacher next year. And they'd be like, well, do I get to see, get to see my teacher again? Like, well, yeah, we could, you know, we could maybe visit sometime. And then they got really upset because they understood that it was over and that person was not going to be a part of their life anymore. So yeah, because they were so very influential. Those those teachers know those children intimately and they know exactly what those kids would say. You know, you go, okay, this guy's the joker of the class. This guy Mm -hmm. or gal is sort of the quiet type or whatever. So those teachers, they know those kids and they know how those kids are going to react to different situations, you know? So that means, mm-hmm. I mean, that particular part of it, that those 
teachers were convinced by the written descriptions and the drawings, to me, that means quite a lot. If you just really sit back and think about the teacher-student relationship, particularly for young children, it's different for high school, I think. But for young children, there's a much more intimate uh, relationship between teacher and student there. You know, it's not just sit down, open your book, we're going to teach you something. There's a more personal connection, I believe, between the young children and the teachers at that age group. And definitely on a more positive note, too. All right, yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. For me, at least for most teachers when I was younger, too, is like, sh- it wasn't just sit sit down and, and listen to what I'm telling you. Is shit da- sit down, shut the fuck up, you know? And, and, <laughs> well, and, maybe and for listen. you it was, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was kind of one of those assholes, like in the class. Like, I would, I would, I wouldn't call myself a class clown, but I was always saying stupid shit just because I, I couldn't control myself, you know. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I definitely heard uh, class clown was definitely one word to describe you back in the day. Well, there's <laughs> maybe. I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I don't know. Whatever, dude. There's you know? different teachers too. You know, there are some teachers who shouldn't be teaching, but in general, most of the teachers I had were pretty good. Although I do remember uh-huh. my third grade teacher. Ugh, that's all I'm going to say about her. <laughs> you know, probably yeah, shouldn't have been, that. had no business teaching kids. She was, just uh, seemed, she was just, is an, that an evergreen? Yeah. She was just an angry old woman, you know, but <laughs> yeah. But anyways, well, there's, there's no point in getting into that. It's, you know, What's in the past is in the past. Rather here nor there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So one thing that occurred to me when I was watching these interviews is that not all of the kids sounded like they were receiving psychic messages, but instead they were sort of, they were experiencing these intense emotions of fear and anxiety, and they were trying to reconcile this completely bizarre and out of place thing that they were seeing and their minds were trying to interpret what they were seeing. Now here's an example of an interview that Dr. Mack gave with one of the kids. And he did this thing where he would sort of lead them on. And this is one of the things the skeptics point to, to discredit the case is they'll say, yeah, but Dr. Mack totally led the witnesses on, you know, and some of them were interviewed in group settings, so their testimony is unreliable, you know, blah, 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 to dismiss the whole thing. But I do think that some of them were led on. So here's what, so he asks them, um, what do you imagine is his reason for visiting the earth? And the child said, I think it's something that's going to happen. Something that's going to happen like what? It's pollution or something like that. And how did, how did they get the idea of pollution across to you? The way he was staring. The way he was staring? Somehow there was a message about pollution from the way he was staring? Yes. So if you watch the interview, it sort of seems like he's leading the kid on a little bit. Like he's asking him these questions and the child feels like he has to answer the questions. And he's sort of like, I don't know. So... It's this particular child didn't say that they got any sort of telepathic messages or anything. So I think a lot of them might be like that. Like they, they were just sort of led on a little bit in a certain direction, but some of them did explicitly say that they got these images in their head, but it could just be that they were in a very heightened state of fear and panic. So their mind could have just been like flipping out, you know, and 
it could be, let's say hypothetically, these are aliens. Let's say they crash their ship or they have a, you know, a malfunction and it lands here and they're, they're, uh, their cloaking device is sort of failing off and on. And one of them gets out while the others are staying behind to fix it. And he walks across the field, gives the kids a stink eye and, you know, says to them in his own way of communication, whatever that may be <laughs> says, Hey, stay in school. you stay the fuck away from our ship. You little shits, you know, <laughs> Hey, you fuck face. Yeah. <laughs> and the kids all just in their heads, they interpret that as these negative messages about technology or pollution or something. And that was not their <laughs> intention at all. Their intention was to keep the kids away from their ship because yeah, don't touch maybe, my shit. maybe they didn't want to injure the kids with whatever propulsion device, or maybe they didn't want them tinkering with the ship or whatever, you know? So <laughs> there's, there's just, that's, that's one thing I think about, you know, and I, I don't know one possible interpretation. I don't know. And that's why you are an agent. Yeah, I, I I think about weird shit all the time, man. Just when I read about stuff, <laughs> I'd be like, what if, <laughs> what if these aliens right. were, you know, really had a, what if they, you know, had a broken ship and they're just telling the kids to stay away, you know, who knows? I mean, but, there has to be like in reality, like, I mean, I want to say like shit like that has to have happened at one point. And it's like, and then on their side of the fence of this whole thing is that, they look back on it and joke about it. I think it's like, you know, college, space college kids, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, they're just drunk, crashed hey, here. You remember, and you, remember when, you, you remember when we went on that bender over to Earth? And we crashed <laughs> yeah. next to that school. Oh, my God, we got hilarious. caught. You remember that? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I had on the case. There's quite a lot more details you can go into. There, I would almost say part two of this guys like this. There's so much to it. You could look at all the witness statements in detail and you could analyze that stuff. There are the drawings you can look at, which you can find some of them online. Some of them apparently yeah. were lost, unfortunately, but those are really interesting to look at and you can watch the interviews. If you do anything, watch the interviews. So you can see how the kids are talking and, for me, when I watch those, I'm absolutely 100% convinced that those kids are telling the truth, you know, just the way they're talking. And they're, they just seem like they're genuine, you know, they don't seem like they're telling a, a story. I've seen kids telling a story. I've seen kids goofing off. And like, I, I actually taught a class at a middle school for one, one quarter or one trimester, whatever it was. I taught a digital audio class. And, um, no, oh, thanks. Wow. I, I don't want to do that again. It was not that. It, yeah, just, how was that? <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. It just, it seemed like half the class didn't really want to be there and weren't really interested in learning anything. So for me, that made it not that they, much fun, but they just weren't engaged. Yeah. So, I mean, you could see like, well, yeah, like some of them were there cause they had to be, and they did, they didn't want to be, you know, but, uh, like you could tell like some of the kids when they were goofing off, like you didn't even have to you didn't have to witness them goofing off. You could just tell by their mannerisms that they either had just been, or were about to be goofing off in some way, you know? <laughs> so, oh yeah, not hard to read. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Not I mean, to, kids are, they're not good actors in general. You know, most of them are not Absolutely. certainly not a group of a hundred of them are not going to be able to, I, you know, maybe I, there'll be I, that one or two special kid. That's good at acting. You know, that's his or her skill in life. But, 
Uh, not a hundred of them at once. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, right. But I agree. All right. So let's talk about some possible explanations. Of course, the obvious one is, you know, aliens ended up there for one reason or another. The, the, uh, I hate to mention at this point, you know, any skeptical explanations because they're just so ridiculous, but let's go ahead and mention it just for the sake of completeness. There was apparently a re-entry of the cosmos 2290 rocket that burned up over the area at some point and would have been a fairly spectacular sight. And that's what the skeptics point to. And they say, well, that must've caused all of the UFO sightings, but here's my problem with that. Sure. That could be the cause of some of the UFO sightings, but that, that thing did not burn up over the skies over the course of three or four days or even a week. You know what I mean? Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It's not back to reality. It's satellites. It it, it, it most definitely could have been the the cause for some sightings. Yeah. That were claimed to have been seen, but but satellites, not the whole, they don't, they don't reenter the atmosphere and take three days to burn up. That just, that's not how this shit works. You know, that is like, that is one successful heat shield. I would get whoever like put that heat well, shield onto that ship again, and I would definitely. And call that also back. wouldn't cause like a, you know a large group of kids to explain you know claim to have experienced a UFO landing and also having a, a direct interaction. A du- with, yeah, a dark robed individual getting out of that said debris. Yeah. Well, it does yeah. because the skeptics say that the re-entry of the cosmos 2290 caused mass UFO sightings. So everybody was, that's right. Everybody was so on edge and everybody was experiencing a state of guess what? Mass mass hysteria. hysteria. And that's what caused the sighting. Ah. (laughs) Mass Ah. hysteria. If you can believe that. (laughs) So that's the skeptical excitement, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, all right, can you, could we try just a little bit harder? And, I don't know. I go back to the good old standard. Like, look, you don't have to believe them. If you don't believe them, just say, I don't believe it. It's that easy Just say, look, I don't believe it. Why go through? Yeah. But are you sure you don't believe it? You know, why come up with these absolutely absurd explanations for what was seen explanations that don't in any way, shape or form match what was reported. You know, it's just weird, but one of the interesting things, one of the interesting points of discussion with this whole case is why would they approach children and not adults? My first instinct on this one is how many cases have we looked at where somebody saw an adult saw a UFO and thought, Hmm, I think I'll pull up my gun and shoot at that thing, you know? (laughs) <laughs> or something like that. Right. Adults are very, are very violent. There, we've talked about a lot of cases where guns are involved or there's in general, uh, maybe not even a violent reaction, but an unfavorable reaction. Yeah. Well, shooting just person, look at, asking questions for, later. For, well, for example, j- just look at all the UFO uh, cases, uh, sightings, at least, you know, that you have like, for example, like, like a, uh, an Air Force base or something like that. Right. We're not going to react to that in, in like an ob- observant way. We're we're just trying to like look and observe 
we're gonna we're gonna i mean if if any air force base sees some kind of anomaly or what have you on, on you know radar or whatever whatever it may be they identify some kind of something that they need to go check out right yeah there is the this potential there somewhat to- familiar guys i'm sorry to cut you off this was uh did this ever seem to have happened i don't know in in what? hollywood like with you know a floating object in the sky getting shot at by our our, our marine or you know our well, military I mean, I, yeah I yeah mean, the battle of la we uh, did a case yeah, before that. you know yeah i know yeah i was about to finish saying, my like, statement there but uh, oh i apologize i, I would have included that too that, that was part of my anyways whatever <laughs> please i didn't mean to take your thunder i'm sorry well yeah well you kind of did no, it's our favorite. What are you talking about? You can keep doing it. That's the beauty of our right. show. It's but all right. <laughs> anyways, so if they wanted to make contact and they had attempted to make contact before and were met with, you know, shotgun blasts or airplanes trying to shoot them out of the sky, they may have thought a better strategy might be to land near a school and try to talk to some of these kids. So this might be their attempt to communicate with us or form some sort of oh, discussion to influence, influence, uh, youth. Yeah. Because to, youth, the kids are a lot less violent <laughs> than adults in general, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, and they also are, are, you know, the, you know, that old, that old general statement, the youth is the future, right? Yeah. And uh, however, you know, uh, general they may be that is true like you know obviously yeah yeah younger kids are going to be our future and you know if they are if they could be influenced when they're younger uh, maybe they might be able to make a difference yeah or, you know make some decisions that could influence the future positively for a certain you know reason or what mm. if this another thing that occurred to me is what if this is sort of like a reverse soft disclosure, like a reverse disclosure? So the aliens know oh. that our society would not be able to handle their presence, but let's say that intelligent life is fairly rare in the universe. It's very uncommon, yeah. let's say. You know, maybe life like trees and animals and stuff, but animals that can make art and make movies and make music and that kind of stuff is fairly rare. So maybe it's pretty lonely out there and they want to make contact with us. Let's say that they know we're going to freak out because they've tested this in the past and isolated farms and whatnot, and we freaked out. So what if they wanted to acclimate us to their presence? So this is one of the ways they would do that would be going to a rural area and making sure that they're witnessed by a bunch of kids that would then go and tell a bunch of adults about it, you know? What if they had some kind mm-hmm. of plan like that? I don't know. That's just a thought I had. But I mean, if that was the case, you would expect a lot more cases like this. But, oh, wait, there actually are a lot more cases like this. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to them at some well, point. <laughs> are you talking about uh, April 6th, 1966 in, uh, what is it? Was it Melbourne, Australia, I think? Yeah, was that the Westall one? There's... You had a very similar situation where, where uh, like, like a uh, UFO landed outside of another school there yep. in Australia. And there yep. was actually three cases that happened near a school in 1977 as well. Maybe we'll get to all of those in another case file. But I don't know. It's 
it's just some of the things that occur to me is maybe they wanted to be seen on purpose. Maybe they were trying to get us uh-huh. used to them being here because maybe they wanted to have a conversation with us. And the only way to do that would be to first get us used to the idea that they even exist in the first place, you know? Yeah. But what if we take it at face value though? What if this is a genuine warning from another species? Let's say that they have traveled the galaxy and that they have seen the downfall of other societies in the past because of runaway technology and they wanted to intervene this time. What if in the past they had a hands-off approach and they said, okay, we'll, just, we'll let nature run its course. And then it did. And that, that society killed themselves. And they're like, well, we could have prevented that. Yeah. Even though we don't believe we should prevent that. We believe we should not interfere. It's still kind of jacked up that all those people died. We should probably prevent that next time if we can. So what if yeah. that's, you know, if this time, blunt. yeah. What if this time, they're trying to prevent that. And what if, because in general, human society, collectively, we all have our heads up our asses and we just ignore it because we refuse to believe that there are oh, other or more advanced intelligences out there in the galaxy or the universe. <laughs> what if that's as simple well, as have, that? Have, have, what if, have you taken have you taken a look around recently as for you know like, yeah no we definitely have our heads up our asses there's, what if there's no doubt about that but what if it's you as know, simple like, as that what if it's as simple as the fact that we refuse to believe that there is other life in the universe so we ignore all of these things that happen yeah. regard despite the evidence despite sure, the overwhelming yeah. evidence we just refuse to believe it and that's all there well, is to it. There's something to be said about that. That's like a, a murder that happened. It's like they they do uh, studies on this where if like someone is in shock or in such a state of shock that they don't know that they're in shock and that they they just kind of comprehend, you know what I mean? Or they just their brain makes something up t- for them to be like, oh yeah, that's that's the way it is. That's how it's always been, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sort of like. Uh, I guess an easy analogy for this would be analogy. I don't even know if that's the right word, but you know, when you look at Stockholm syndrome type of deal, when you look up at the sky and you see a cloud and you're like, Oh, that looks like a face. It doesn't actually look at look like a face. It just, your brain interprets it that way. So if you see something that you're unfamiliar with, your brain is going to try to interpret that thing. And yeah, and your, your brain will also fill in the blanks sometimes. Exactly. To, yes, that's exactly to, where to I was going. Brial- to make reality make sense. Right. Yeah, say, that's right? that's exactly what I was trying to state before. Yeah, is that it just to comprehend something, it just makes something up that you're you're just like, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it, you know, that makes sense. Duh, you know. Yeah. I mean it's like it's it's not I I don't know if you could really compare this situation, but it's like, you know, that, and she's getting, she was getting a lot of crap for it, but just like that whole, uh, that, um, those murders that just happened and like that girl who was like one of the survivors there, she was there when it happened. Who, who where, took, and when? So the, uh, I am not familiar. The, oh, you guys don't. So it's about the four. I mean, there's that murders that happen all the, all the damn time, dude. Like you have to be more specific than that. Okay, I'll be more specific with it. So give me a sec there. So when it comes <laughs> down to it, it's the most recent murder 
Uh, the one that was, and I'm trying to remember, it's so loose, but it's uh, the guy who murdered his four roommates. There was four roommates that were killed. And I want to okay. say it was not Idaho, but it was uh, like he stabbed all of them. And then, let me, what's the, what's it called? The Washington, I'm trying to remember it right now, but yeah, no, anyway, so the, the act was committed. That This is what I'm trying to get to is that the murders happened. But there was somebody there, one of their friends, that witnessed it. But then she never, she didn't react. She didn't call 911. She didn't do anything for about like eight hours because she was such in a state of shock that she just Uh didn't, she just kind of just ignored it and played it off. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that extreme circumstances at times makes us, you know, try to come up with something to relax us and not make us panic. Um, but yeah. I'll get back well, to you on that. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I understand. Like, like I, if you, if you grow up and you live in a bubble and you, you've never experienced something like this, uh, you know, and, and yeah, sure. You know, like, like I've had some experiences where, well, I mean, before I, I, I got into the career I'm in now, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I lived in kind of a protected bubble. You know, where, where I where I grew up was a nice nice area, you know, and, and uh, I I wasn't very familiar with how bad people can be towards each other. You know what I mean? And uh, once I got into the career I'm in now, um, I learned real. It was it was a steep learning curve. I'll just tell you that it was real steep. You know, and, and uh, you'll find out real quick once you get into this kind of that kind of shit. Like like uh. People can be unreasonably cruel and brutal towards each other. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes that that there there doesn't seem to be any any reason for it either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense at all. You know? Yeah. Just, no, it, that that's that's the Idaho guy though. Like, yeah, it was the Idaho murders. His name's Brian Kohlberger. Cole okay. Kohlberger. Yeah, he, uh, he was like a lanky tall son of a bitch i don't know what his like nobody knows what his motives were but he just ended up killing these like four students sometimes, that were just just sometimes yeah sometimes it, you're you know you, you just somebody turns out to be a horrible fucking person and yeah. like there there aren't motives you know, like, yeah, there are, I mean, uh, technically you could say there are, but like uh, to the reasonable, normal individual who is sane, it doesn't appear that there are any motives. But like at the same time for that crazy person who has some serious fucking problems, yeah, yeah, it, they may have their own motives, but it's mm-hmm. not going to make sense to you or me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, uh, right. Yeah, but like, um, uh, yeah, yeah whatever. Right. I mean, this is this has nothing to do with what fucking. Let's go back. Let's go back to the topic. Let's <laughs> get back to the case. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I had on this one. Uh, at the end of so the we'll day, go to our opinions. Yeah, I mean, I find it impossible to dismiss that these children saw something. I believe one hundred percent. This yeah. is this is one of the easiest slam dunk cases there is like there's no way to dismiss this one if you're willing to look at the interviews and the evidence and whatever something happened yeah. these, these kids saw something and they're describing it the way they saw it 
Was that aliens? I mean, I don't know. Sounds like aliens to me, but we don't know for sure that's what it was. And some of their descriptions sound very strange and it's hard to take them at face value. But I believe these children definitely saw something completely bizarre. And I think there's a really good chance that was extraterrestrial. What do you guys think? My opinion is that the totality of the interviews I've seen, whether it be a, a group of children, you know, describing their testimony, oh, excuse me, I had a burp there, or it be an individual, it, I, I see enough evidence here, and I don't see too much uh, discrepancies, not enough, in, in my opinion, to where... I think that like that this you know the 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 whole group of people that are are describing what they have seen the the it's close enough where something happened here it, it was a definite event that people observed and you know the, the these kids saw something like 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 you had just said right I don't I couldn't tell you I wasn't there right so what what do I know right but like like Something happened there, and they definitely observed something. You know what I mean? And it wasn't, you know, a natural event. It wasn't something that that was, uh, you know, like 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 it it, it was. Uh, I think I think it definitely could have been aliens, man. Like I don't know. I'm, I'm you know I'm not gonna try to say too many crazy things here, but I think uh, they saw something that was very out of the ordinary and they tried to describe it the best way they could, you know, and they're being honest about it. it like all, all this testimony that I've seen from these kids, it, it seems to me like, like they weren't trying to, to deceive anybody. You know what I mean? So I believe them. You know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened, but I, I believe them that they saw something and they didn't know exactly what they saw. You know, but they're trying to describe it in, in the best way they could. You know what I mean? So, um, I think it it's you know I I lean towards it being an extraterrestrial encounter. Uh, it I don't think it was on the side of paranormal. You know what I mean? It wasn't a ghost or nothing like that, right? Uh, not 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 in my my opinion. So. I think that they they saw you know something that landed in their area. Uh, they had an interaction with it, you know, and, and the interaction didn't necessarily go extremely smooth, you know. Um, it could have been better as far as like uh, you know whatever it was that landed there. That they, they you know if they had a message to send then they could have done a better job, in my opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yep. <laughs> but, but I, I think they did, these children did see something. They, they interacted with something. Uh, I'm not a, a psychic, so I couldn't tell you exactly what, what that is. Uh, but this is one of those, this is one of those interactions where, to, to me, the amount of kids, the, the amount of people just in general involved with this whole case, I don't know how this is, like, this is a big case. Like, don't get me wrong. This is a big case when it comes to UFOs, 
when, when it comes the whole the whole deal, right? So, but I don't know how this is like one of those things where, in my opinion, this should have been like a breaking worldwide story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how this, you know, to me. Well, it I, was. I, I feel. But well, no, no, nobody it took it. In, none in of the, the journalists took it seriously except for. Well, exactly. Um, yeah. Just yeah, the one. But like, yeah. But nobody ever takes this shit seriously. No, it, it's, it, to me, it's frustrating. Like the, you see some of these stories sometimes where it doesn't matter the amount of information you have attached to it. Doesn't matter how, like how how solid the testimony is, the the you know like the the, the people who have uh, experienced whatever they experienced. It, it like when it comes to UFOs and stuff, there's just there's so many people out there that just like they they just refuse to accept that this could be even one iota of a fucking you know one percent of a fucking a real event. You know what I mean? Like they're like, oh no, if if UFO. Or anything like that has any. If it's attached, if that name is attached to any kind of event, they're just not going to be willing to believe anything. Well, and it's you know? it's frustrating too it's, it's, at just how inaccurate the media was. Like the journalists, you know. Yeah, you can go look up the headlines or whatever. Or you can go see some of the news reports, and they'll say something like. Little green men reported at a school in Zimbabwe, but guess what? Yeah, not just that, just a that single, one quote. Just yeah, not a single one of the damn kids said anything about little green men. Not a one of them. Exactly. You know. Yeah. They just that's my, that's my they, problem they, with journalists is they make shit up all the time. You know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah they 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 elaborate you know stuff like. like they, and I think part of it is like they they don't want to be taking un taken like like uh they 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 want to have some kind of credibility to their own like career or what have you you know so if they even if they even write about any of this kind of stuff they're gonna immediately like you know like write write the article in a way to like make this all seem ridiculous in general because they 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 don't they don't want to be seen as ridiculous themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's just—I don't know. It's, it's, it's so frustrating because there's so much evidence that we have talked about, and, and I don't know. It's, I wish we'd be taken more seriously. Is all I guess. You know, that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. You know, I well, don't know, to, to make to make a long story short. You know, and what what if people could just wrap their heads around the fact that we're not the only intelligent life in the universe? How cool would that be if we could get to a point where we were no longer afraid or hostile towards aliens? What if they could just fucking land, you know, go to the cafe and have a cup of coffee with us in the yeah. morning and just have a chat with somebody from another planet? That'd be fucking badass, dude. But yeah, well, that mean, who, who knows that ain't what, happening what in my really lifetime, going on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as far as aliens go, like who knows what is really going on there? I, I'm, I'm sure you've probably heard those theories of the, there are different, like, you know, like races of aliens are, are in contact with different governments in this, uh, in, in our, you know, on, on earth, you know, and, uh, they have different, you know, um, they have different, uh, things they're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? So like, like you have your grays, right? I mean, you have your, your subterranean, uh, reptiles, <laughs> You know, but like, you know, it's just like you have, you have different, different races of aliens 
that potentially, uh, you know, have di- different out, you know, perspectives and have different, different things they're trying to accomplish, you know? So, so, uh, who knows if that's true, who knows how true any of that is, you know, like, but like, uh, I mean, it's just like, who knows what is really going on? I don't fuck. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of this shit could be possibly true. You know, I mean, all, all at the moment, all I can really do is just speculate on it, I guess, you know? Yeah. Any final yeah. thoughts, Agent Kruger? <laughs> no, no. I uh, just, I agree with what both of you said. I, I totally do. I'd just be repeating what you guys said. So, All right. Well, we're running a little long here, so let's call it quits for this episode. Before we get out of here, we've got our weekly Amazon product of the week. This time around, we've got Abduction, Human Encounters with Aliens. This is a book by John Mack, one of the main characters who interviewed the kids in this case. And he talks about this case in this book, among many other cases. It says here that he talks about more than 60 cases he has investigated and examines the implications for our identity as a species. So anyways, this guy was a respected psychologist or psychiatrist, I don't know, whichever. And, uh, you know, he was a pretty big deal at Harvard back in the day, and that's a fairly prestigious institution. So I'm curious to see what his opinions are on these things in this book. I haven't read the book. I haven't had a chance. I just found out about it today. But anyways, links in the description. Check it out. Your purchase Oh, wait, uh, this is an affiliate link, I should say. Your purchase helps to support the show and doesn't cost you anything extra. And can we get a keep it strange from one of the other agents? Keep that shit strange, bitch. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> awesome.